What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No BS Finance. Today, super excited because we are starting off the investment series, and we're starting out by talking about everyone's favorite, stocks, shares, securities, equity, whatever you want to call it. That is what we are talking about today. Um, but in general, I'm going to give you a little bit of background on this investment series. We are going to get into all types of investments. We're not going to get into every single nitty gritty investment, I don't think, unless, I don't know, unless my mind wanders and I go off on a bunch of tangents, which is likely. But we are going to get into the big topics. We're going to get into why it matters to you. We're going to get into how people make money off these things and all that kind of jazz. Um, and I know that this is a very anticipated topic and something that a lot of people are really excited for. Um, and people may be wondering, oh, why didn't I start with this? Because you need to have that background information. Like if I just told you about investments and I was like, oh, like go buy Tesla, you'd be like, okay, cool, I'll go buy Tesla, even though I have no idea how. I have no idea how to make sure I save taxes on it with the TFSA, with the RSP, anything like that. So you kind of need to have that background information on the stock market, on savings accounts, stuff like that, before we can kind of get into what do we invest in? How do we make that money grow? So we're going to be talking about stocks today, but before that, we're going to get into some housekeeping, which is that this podcast is solely for informational purposes and is not meant as investment advice. My email, my Instagram, they're in the show notes. Um, if you want to ask any questions, if you have a real life scenario that you want me to cover on the podcast, happy to do that. Um, on another note, if you're interested in more on more of like a one-on-one -on -one personalized approach, shoot me an email, shoot me a message on Instagram, happy to help out in any way. Other than that, let's kick off this episode on shares. So as just mentioned, we're going to be talking about stocks in this episode or shares or securities, whatever you want to call it. We're going to mainly talk about common shares, and but we'll also touch on something called preferred shares. So we're going to be talking about what they are, the characteristics of each. We're going to be talking about how people make money off them and also how they can work for you and your portfolio. So... I want to start by talking about what stocks are first and then kind of veer into common shares and then preferred shares lastly. So we've touched on stocks and shares and stuff in previous episodes, so I just want to give a bit of a recap. So stocks can be called shares or securities, and they can also be referred to as equity. Um, high level, they're called equity because shares represent ownership in the company. Um, I'm not going to get into equity on a balance sheet because that's boring as fuck and no one cares about balance sheets except accountants and auditors. So we're not going to get into that because it's boring and no one cares. But stocks can be either private or they can be public as we've talked about. As we've talked about. Um, so public, they're listed on an exchange and private, they're not. So that's a very brief summary. But Let's get more into the more frequently heard of stock, which is common shares. Let's get into the basics. Every company has common shares, and common shares are mainly going to be the ones that you buy when you invest in the stock market. Generally, both common and preferred shares represent ownership in a company. So they both do that, both preferred and common shares. And this ownership allows you to vote on the board of directors and also vote on some corporate policies. So we're going to come back to that in a second. But first, I want to cover um, a couple of nuances here. So preferred shares 
Well, well, they both like common and preferred shares um, represent ownership in a company. Preferred shares generally will have limited to no voting rights. But as with anything, this can be played with a bit. So companies will all will often have different classes of shares. So you can have like class A shares, you can have class B shares, you can have class A1 shares, class 2 shares, like you can name them whatever you want. And they're the same, but they have different fine print is what I would say. So just as an example, a company could have class A shares that have one-to-one voting rights. So I hold one share, that means I get one vote. But you could also be a class B shareholder that may have two-to-one voting rights. So I need two shares to have one voting right. So there, companies can play with it a bit. Um, it's not overly important for the everyday person, but it is something to note that companies can have different classes with different voting rights and different kind of characteristics to each. Now, getting back to what shareholders can vote on. So as I mentioned, they can vote on the board of directors and they can vote on some corporate policies. So the board of directors, the board of directors are basically the top dogs. Um, They're elected by the shareholders um, to represent them and technically run the company and take the company in a certain direction that they want to go. So, So I get to vote for whoever I want to sit there and kind of run the company. That's essentially what it is. Um, Generally, you want someone with some industry experience who knows the company a bit because you don't want any old average Joe just to come in there and not have any idea how the company actually works and then have them make big decisions. That doesn't make so much sense. So generally, it's like the big shareholders that will elect these people um, because they really, really care about how the company is going to go because they hold a lot of shares. Um. And then the last thing I want to touch on here is the big corporate policies that you can vote on. So just an example, like shareholders will get to vote on big policies, like how much money the board of directors can actually approve. So if the company wanted to make an investment in something or they wanted to buy another company and it would cost $20 million, let's say, um, there can be a corporate policy that Anything over $20 million needs to be approved by the board of directors. Anything under that can be approved by um, upper management. But shareholders can vote on it and they can be like, oh, I think the threshold should be higher. I think it should be $50 million and anything below that can be approved by upper management. So just something like that, really high-level policies. So moving on to the next topic here, which is preferred shares. I briefly mentioned them above and they do have similar qualities to common shares except for a few nuances, which I'm going to get into now. So preferred shares are more like fixed income because they aren't very volatile at all and because they capitalize on investment income as opposed to investment gains. And we'll get into that later on the podcast, like the differentiation between the two. So some of the main things that differentiate preferred shares from common shares are if a company goes bankrupt and has to liquidate, aka sell, their assets, common shareholders are often last in line and preferred shares come before them. So let's use a very relevant example to today or current times. So if we use Bed Bath & Beyond as an example, as they recently declared bankruptcy and their stock is in the toilet. So let's say they had to liquidate. So they went bankrupt, they have to sell all their assets. And let's just say that they had a billion dollars in assets. So they had to sell all these, they have a billion dollars in cash. 
First, they would have to pay out their creditors. So this would be people that they have loans with. Then they'd have to pay out bondholders, which is a whole other topic. And we'll get into that at a later time. But they're kind of almost equal to creditors, if if not like one step behind kind of thing. And then most commonly, it'll go to preferred shareholders and then common shareholders. So those are four big buckets. Uh, there might be a few more in between, but generally it'll go creditors, bondholders, preferred shareholders, and then common shareholders last. So if by the time they paid out all those people and there were only $2 million left and there were 10 million common shares outstanding. So we've paid out the creditors, we've paid out the bondholders, we've paid out the preferred shareholders, and we have $2 million left, and there's 10 million common shares outstanding. Each shareholder is getting five bucks per share. So if you're a common shareholder and a company goes bankrupt, just know you're last in line. You're probably not gonna see a whole lot of the money that's left. So another big difference is in the dividend preference meaning preferred shares will get paid out before common shares. Now we're going to get uh, we're going to get into dividends in the next section here. But basically on a high level, it is money that gets paid out by the company to each shareholder. So preferred shareholders have priority over common shareholders. So for preferred shares, when they are bought, a dividend rate generally comes attached. So whether that's uh, $1 a share or 20 cents a share or 30 cents a share or something like that. And that is expected to get paid out every year, pretty much. So they will get that dividend before the common shareholders kind of get the excess money there. Now, one of the biggest differences between the two types of shares that I haven't mentioned is that usually online trading platforms will not let you invest in preferred shares just because there's so much like fixed income and they have so many um, additional items attached to them that it can be hard for an online platform to make it work because preferred shares can come with a lot of um, details and I don't know what the word is I'm trying to think of, but um, add-ons, I guess, like oh, I need to find the preferred share that has the right dividend rate and I need to find the one that has like the best voting rights and stuff like that. And it, it can get very um, nitpicky, I guess. So they don't offer it on online platforms. So you'd have to go into a financial broker to do that. However, you can get around that by investing in a preferred share ETF that still pays dividends. Or... As I mentioned, you can go to your financial institution and ask to invest in preferred shares because they're able to do so. So now we've covered off what the characteristics are of common shares and preferred shares. And now I wanna get into the interesting part, which is how people make money off of shares. So they make money off of this through what I've said before, which are investment gains and investment income. So common shares are more likely to have investment gains. So let's talk about investment gains. So investment gains are when you buy a stock and the share price goes up. So let's use an example. At the start of 2022, I bought 1,000 shares of Suncor Energy Company. Look it up if you haven't heard of it. At the time, Suncor was trading at $38 a share. So I had a total investment value of $38,000. 1,000 shares times by $38 a share. Now, it's the time of this podcast and I want to sell. 
let's say Suncor shares are trading at $44 a share. So if I sold all 1,000 shares, I would have proceeds of $44,000 and I would have made an investment gain of $6,000. So $44,000 is what I sold at and I bought at $38,000. So that's a $6,000 difference. So I made $6,000. So that is the most common way people make money off stocks, which is the share price appreciates or goes up. And it doesn't have to be limited to one stock. In your portfolio, you, pro- you will probably have a host of stocks and shares that either appreciate or some will probably depreciate and go down, but hopefully most of them appreciate and you make money off it that way. Um, the one thing I want to very briefly touch on right now is what you might have heard called shorting a stock or short selling. I feel like this gained massive attention through the movie The Big Short, and I just want to give you an idea of what this is. Um, It's generally used for like big investors, like companies and stuff. But I feel like we should talk about just so everybody kind of understands what we're talking about it or what we're talking about. Um, Not that you should or have to do it. I just want to let you know. So essentially, when you short sell a stock, you are betting on the stock going down in price as opposed to going up. So if you remember the big short, if you've seen it, these people were betting against the housing market. They thought that the housing market was going to crash and then they made money off it because it went down. So essentially with shorting, you will borrow a stock, sell the stock, then buy the stock back later and return it to a lender. Now, if you're confused, trust me, I was too when I heard about this. So let's do an example and hopefully it clears it up a little bit. I'll try and be as clear as possible. So let's use the Suncor example as before. So the share price at the start of 2022 is $38 a share. And in my intuition, with all my belief, I believe that this share price is going to drop. So I go to a broker and I say, let me borrow 1,000 shares of Suncor. So he's like, all right, sure. So I borrow 1,000 shares. So now I own 1,000 shares of Suncor. I then proceed to go to an exchange and I sell them for $38,000. So I have $38,000 in proceeds right now in my pocket. Now let's say a year later, the stock has dropped $8 a share and it's trading at $30 a share as opposed to 38. I now buy back the 1,000 shares at the stock market for $30,000. So I originally sold all 1,000 shares for 38,000, and then I bought them back for $30,000. So $8,000 difference. So now I'm obligated to return the shares to the broker. So I return those 1,000 shares, and basically I've made $8,000 because I sold them for 38,000, and then the price dropped, and I bought them back for 30,000. So that's an $8,000 difference, and I made $8,000. So, As you can tell, a bit more confusing, and also you're always on the hook for those shares if they go up as well. So if that $38 per share share price went up, you still have to buy those back. Like you're still gonna have to buy back those shares at some point, and there's usually um, contingencies in there written in that you need to buy it back by a certain point, and it can end up costing you a lot of money. So 
Short selling is only something to get involved in if really you're all about it and you have a lot of money because the downside can be, it can be a little rough. So the other way to make money off of stock is through dividends, or this is the most common way. So as I've mentioned, dividends are paid out from companies' earnings and they're paid out to the shareholders. They do this generally to like pay back the shareholders for investing in them and keep the shareholders happy and that kind of thing. Generally, the board of directors will vote on the amount of dividend and they will represent this on a per share basis. So as I mentioned, preferred shares have priority. So they get paid out before the common shareholders. And generally, when you buy preferred shares, they come with a set percentage or dividend rate um, that you get paid out at. So let's do a couple of examples here just to make it make sense. So let's say I hold 1,000 common shares of Suncor and they don't have any preferred shares. So no preferred shares. I'm a common shareholder. I have 1,000, so I get priority. The board of directors decides to pay out a dividend of $1 per share to common shareholders. So I hold 1,000 common shares and therefore I get $1,000. I can either take that as cash or I can reinvest it into the company. I can reinvest it into something else, but it's $1,000, which is mined as a dividend. Easy enough. The next example is, let's say I now hold 1,000 preferred shares. And when I bought them, they had a fixed dividend rate of 20 cents per share. So Suncor and the board decide on another $1 per share dividend. Then I would make $200 because I hold 1,000 preferreds and my dividend rate is 20 cents. So I make $200. Then any excess, so if I held common shares, any excess would come towards the common shares. So that's about 80 cents a share would go to the common shareholders. So hopefully that makes sense. So if I held common shares, I would get, if I hold held both preferred and common, I would get both. If I just held common, I would get the 0.8 uh, or the 80 cents per share kind of portion of it. So hopefully all that makes sense. So there was the investment gains, which we talked about. And then we talked about a bit about short selling, which I wouldn't recommend really to most people unless you're a big investor. And then finally, dividends would be the main way that people make um, investment income on shares. So the last section I want to get into in this podcast is why the fuck this matters to you. And making money is why it matters. So as I mentioned, common shares will make investment gains, hopefully, and preferred shares will make you investment income. But which one's better? Which one do I go with? Do I go with preferred shares? Do I go with common shares? Preferred shares sound a lot more stable, but common shares sounds like I might make a lot more money. So once again, we got to get back to that investment strategy. So preferred shares are less risky because the share price doesn't really fluctuate as much. You make steady dividend income. And if the company goes bankrupt, you're going to be one of the first ones to get paid out. But on the other hand, common shares, they give you ownership of the company. And more importantly, you can see large investment gains from them, but they are more risky. So which one's good for you? Well, let's run a couple scenarios here and it'll give you a better idea of how my mindset works towards it and whether 
you kind of align with that. So let's talk about scenario one. Let's say I have a TFSA and an RRSP. I have no real timeline on either one, but if I need cash, I would probably pull from my TFSA first. So what should I do? So if I were this person, I would buy mostly common shares in my RRSP. It's a longer timeline and you can be riskier. You can weather those short-term storms, stuff like that. And I would probably have more of a mix of fixed income slash preferreds and common shares in my TFSA. So I'd probably have a little bit of a mix of both. Like there's no real timeline on the TFSA, but if the person does need cash, they still want to make sure that a good chunk of it is there. So it's good to have kind of a mix of those. Because the fixed income is less risky and you're locked into your money and you won't really see large fluctuations there. So as I mentioned, if you need this money, you can use it and be mostly assured that it's there. And at the same time, you can also choose to take the investment income you make from your TFSA and either take it as cash for yourself or you can just reinvest it. So that's one point of view. That's one scenario and kind of my thought process behind it. The next scenario, let's say I have an RSP. It has a little bit of money, nothing really that substantial. And I just opened uh, FHSA. So the first home savings account. I haven't bought my first home, but I'm planning to in about three to seven years-ish. In this case, you don't have any money in your FHSA, and you've only contributed a bit to your RSP. You have a relatively short time horizon in your FHSA, and you might need to use some funds from your RSP to help with that first home. So you're not like the first scenario where you don't really have anything on the horizon. You're just kind of saving this money. You want it to grow. In this one, you're like, oh, I might be using some of that money pretty soon and I might need the help from the RRSP. In this case, I'd probably be more focused on something a little bit more stable, like fixed income or preferred shares, um, especially in that FHSA because it's such a short time horizon. But at the same time, um, with that, you can claim investment income and you can reinvest it and therefore claim more in the future. So kind of like a snowball effect. So if I got dividends in my FHSA and I reinvested it and the next year I get that same dividend, it just like keeps snowballing because you keep adding more shares to that pile and you keep getting more money on top of it. So in that FHSA, I'd probably go in more of a stable, less risky route. And then in the RSP, I wouldn't purely go common shares um, because you might still need to access significant funds here to fund that first home. Um, I'd probably go similar to that first scenario. I'd probably go like a 50-50 or maybe even like a 75-25 common shares to fixed income. Um, I think it's just more, more of a stable outlook. And especially if you need that money, um, then it's better to have it and then rather than going fully in common shares and being like, oh shit, I lost like 50% of that money by being too risky and now I can't afford my home kind of thing. Um, and if, you, if you're more safe off the bat and then it turns out that you don't need that RSP money, you can just switch your investments after. Like it's, it's, it's not the end of the world. It's better to be safer with it than just go balls to the wall and kind of 100% risky. That's never or not never, but rarely the right move to make. So 
I'd probably do about 75-25 um, equity to fixed income in the RSP, and then I'd probably go a little heavier on the fixed income or preferred shares. Sorry, I keep going back and forth between fixed income and preferred. When I'm saying fixed income here, I mean preferred shares. So just for context. So those are two very broad general scenarios, and we could obviously run a bunch more, but I think you kind of get the general idea in that preferreds are less risky and can be great for a short to medium time horizon. Um, but like I say that, and then I'm like, they can even benefit on a long-term plan because being able to reinvest in dividends with that snowball effect is huge. Um, it just keeps building and building and building. And like you getting cash is never a bad idea. So it's never a bad idea to have um, an investment vehicle that has, um, that gives out dividends. Like even though they're seen as less risky, like it's great to get that investment income in your pocket. Whew. So that was a long girthy podcast. <laughs> Funny. Um, so it was, yeah. So that was a lengthy podcast guys. Um, I do want to give you some takeaways here as I always do just to keep it fresh in your mind and even some actionable items for you. So some key takeaways, common shares are mainly used to make capital gains. Uh, preferred shares are mainly for investment income. Preferred shares are generally less risky and whereas common shares are more risky. Um, you can't buy preferred shares on the online trading platforms right now. They might in the future when technology gets a bit better, but right now you can't. And as per the last couple scenarios, it's great to have a mixture of both. It's great to have a mixture of some dividends, some investment income. And then on the other hand, having some common shares that can give you some greater investment gains. So what I'd kind of advise is not to go out there and just start buying up a bunch of shares, but start taking a look at some shares that maybe you've heard of or maybe you're interested in. Like I always mention Tesla and Amazon and Apple because they're such big companies. I know I mentioned Suncor in this, but um, just take a look at some of these some of these things. See how they move throughout a year. See how they move throughout six months or something like that and see how historically they've done and whether that might be something that you're interested in investing in. Um, you don't have to go out and invest in it. Um, I'm just saying, take a look at some of these stocks. Like we're gonna, we're gonna go into more stuff later on in this investment series. But just, just do some research for your own. Like if you have a spare five minutes, go on Yahoo Finance. Like search up some companies that you've heard of and look at their stock price and see if that's something that you'd be interested in in investing in once or now or or in the future, something like that. So just something to give some thought, guys. Um, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was a fucking blast to make. Like I love talking about this stuff, and I'm looking forward to the future episodes where we talk about ETFs and mutual funds and all that kind of jazz. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this first episode talking about investments. Um, I hope you guys learned something new. If you guys have any questions for me about any of this, or maybe you have... Um, a personal portfolio situation that you think could be applicable to other people, then reach out, reach out on Instagram, shoot me an email. I'm happy to cover it on here and hopefully that'll help you guys out, help you guys take action in your investments. Um, but as always, if you want something more personalized and custom suited to you, and maybe you don't think anybody else could really benefit from it, then shoot me an email um, or shoot me a message on Instagram. We can set something up. And other than that, guys, that is going to wrap it up. Thanks again, everyone. I hope you have a great day and we will see you next week.